Welcome to another episode of The Raven Narratives. I'm Sarah Severson. And I'm Tom Yoder. The story you're about to hear was told by Dennis O'Brien in November when the theme was strangers. Dennis enjoys spending time with his wife, Jules, and their family. His dog, Bella, keeps him honest by getting them both out on hikes. He also loves to help two-legged and four-legged beings improve their well-being through natural health care. For relaxation, believe it or not, Dennis nerds out on biochemistry and physiology and is a self-proclaimed geek. Here's Dennis's story. Well, there I was down in Mexico with my then-girlfriend, now-wife, Jules, and her mom, Patricia, wanted to have a family reunion with her side of the family. Now, Patricia is the oldest of 15 kids, so uh, six of her siblings with spouses, all strangers to Mexico, all strangers to me, came down for the family reunion, and as it turns out, to check out the new guy. So it all went pretty well. This went on for days at a time, and then Sunday rolled around, and I uh, uh, asked those folks if they wanted to go to Mass at the local Catholic church in our little town of Los Bariles in Baja. And so uh, some of them did, so I loaded them up in the van, and it just so happened on this particular Sunday, it was, uh, it was Palm Sunday, the Sunday before Easter. So it was a very, very, very hot, unusually hot Palm Sunday. So we arrive on time. And the young priest, I, I noticed a couple of things right off the bat. He had this very festive white robe on with a red sash and, and with a very high button-up collar. And I just, I, I couldn't help but notice how hot he looked under this robe. <laughs> and he was sweating profusely. Well, in the Catholic faith uh, on Palm Sunday, what the priest does is they lead a procession into the church on a, on a bed of palm leaves. And so as he's doing this, I see the congregation following, and some are making signs of the cross. Some of them are weeping. Some of them have their hands to the heavens. It was muy dramatica, very dramatic. So they file into the church, and the family's kind of dawdling. So this is a standing room crowd only. So the family's dawdling. So I got him, got him in there, and I got him seated in the back row. And... So mass starts, and as the overhead fans are just laboring, moving this hot, thick, humid air around inside the church. So about three-quarters of the way through mass, the priest is up on the altar, and he has a chalice, and he's blessing the Eucharist, and he raises it up like this to the sound of bells, and then he slumps over the table, and he falls to the floor. <laughs> Muy dramatica. Luckily, one of the altar boys dove and kind of caught him somewhat to keep him from hitting his head on the hard floor. So the crowd gives a collective gasp for their, for their young padre. <gasps> okay, so all of a sudden from the back row, time stopped. I got up, my doctor instinct kicks in. I get up, I go to the front of the altar, I genuflect. Of course, once an altar boy, always an altar boy. I go up, I ascend the two steps right to the Padre. My training kicks in. He's breathing, okay? No carotid pulse 
access, er, available because of the high collar. So like the Incredible Hulk, I grab his high collar and go, Rip! Muy dramatica. <laughs> Check his pulse. His heart, his heart sounds normal. He's heat stroked. So I quietly give orders to the altar boys and the lector. Traigame agua y no toalla, por favor. Bring me some water and a towel. So they show up with some water. They have a towel. The large towel, I, I made a pillow for the, for the padre. The small towel up on the table, I use it and I start to cool him off. And time is frozen, so I'm working away. In time, his eyes open. He looks confused. Our eyes locked together, my gringo eyes and his brown eyes. He opens, he looks at me, and the, what he sees is a long, yellow-haired, blue-eyed gringo speaking softly to him in Spanish. Todo bien, padre. Todo bien. Everything's okay, padre. Everything's okay. As our eyes are locked, my blue eyes are locked with his brown eyes. And I'm working on him, just cooling him off. And my thoughts start to wonder. They wander. I think, I wonder if he thinks I'm Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Time is still. My thoughts wander some more. They take me back to 1980, where I'm a 19-year-old economic refugee from the Rust Belt. And I'm down in Texas working on a construction site with an all-Mexican crew who are also economic refugees from the South. And being a northerner, I had no idea about the hot Texas sun, and I was not properly dressed for it. By lunchtime and mid-afternoon, my legs were shaking, I was nauseated, my head was pounding, and right there in front of my Mexican brethren, I passed out. Heat stroked. Time was frozen. When my eyes opened, the first thing I saw was the brown eyes of an older Mexican man. <laughs> he had carried me under a shade tree and he was cooling me off. My eyes were locked to his brown eyes and his soft voice was saying, Todo bien, amigo. Todo bien. Everything's okay. Everything's okay. Time was still. He spent the rest of that afternoon with me despite getting docked in his pay. So my thoughts wandered some more. I came back to the padre in front of me, our eyes still locked together. And I thought to myself, now I am the old man. We can all help each other. We are all human. We are all the same being. Time starts again. My glance goes to the altar boys. They help me, I give them a hand signal, they help me sit the padre up. We set him in a chair. He, he looked fatigued, but he was stable and he was alert. So then I turn around or leave, leave the altar, I go down, and again, 
And if I, once an altar boy, always an altar boy. And as I turn around to face the crowd to go back to the back row, they're all staring at me. Some of them are making the sign of the cross. Some are weeping. Some have their hands to the heavens. It was muy dramatica. I take my seat in the back row. Mass resumes. One of the new aunties, a minute or two into it. You are the fucking man. <laughs> I'm trying to keep my composure in church. She, and she's, you are the fucking man. I'm like, uh, 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 okay, I'm the man, I'm the man. Okay. So uh, the, the mass continues and then ends shortly thereafter and we're in the back row, so we're the first ones out. So we leave the church, and as soon as I walked out, I noticed that I am sweating profusely, and at that same moment, the church bells toll. Celebration, mass is over. So people start flooding out of the church. I'm surrounded by the crowd, and many of these people I've known for 20 years. The men are slapping me on the back, high-fiving me, fist-bumping me. The women are thanking me. Some are making the sign of the cross. Some are weeping. Some have their hands in the heavens. It was muy dramatica. <laughs> so I gathered up the family and I took my leave. We go back in the van and they're very quiet and very subdued. And I'm thinking, I think they're in shock for what they just saw at the Catholic Church. So we go back to the beach house. We turn down the dirt road. And to where we rejoin the rest of the family, the recovering Catholics, which are Jules, her parents, and her sister. And they're pretty quiet. And all of a sudden, they, they come in the house, and Aunt Kathy says, Dad has saved the Padre! Again, muy dramatica. So the family then just burst in, and they all had a different version of it. And they all told their tales and told the story and recounted the story. And I just quietly went to the kitchen had a cup of coffee, and retreated to the, beach house, or the far corner of the beach house looking at the Sea of Cortez. A few minutes later, Jules' dad, my now father-in-law, John Harris, who's a retired doctor, comes up to me and says, so Jesus, I'm, I'm thinking if the sea calms down this afternoon, could you give me a lesson on how to walk on water? <laughs> so, so since then, I've seen all of these strangers. So a year or so later, I crossed paths with a padre in the ferreteria, uh, the, the hardware store, and we exchanged pleasant smiles and pleasant greetings. He was a really sweet man. And some of the aunties and uncles, uh, they were actually at our wedding, and it was really great to see them too. Um, and then in my thoughts, and even sometimes in my dream to this day, I dream of Senor Lupe. I see him, and um, the, he was the older man that helped me so many years ago by showing me how to be human. Thanks, Dennis, for telling that story. To pitch your story for a future Raven Narratives event, Fill out the contact form on our website at ravennarratives.org. And don't miss our Story Slam event coming up on January 13th in 2018 
at the Durango Arts Center when the theme will be Cold Feet. You can also subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. And of course, share these stories with your friends and comment on them. We love your comments. Special thanks to our photographer, McCarson Tafoya of Red Scarf Shots. Check out the portraits of our storytellers on the gallery page of the Raven Narratives website, and be sure to visit her website at redscarfshots.com. Our theme music was written, composed, and performed by Jazar, and you can find out more about his music on SoundCloud or at freemusicarchive.org. The Raven Narratives is a production of KSJD Radio in Cortez, Colorado. Find out more at ksjd.org. Now for the outtake. <laughs> mm-hmm. I always thought like the small, intimate crowd's really nice, but mm-hmm. well, anyway. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it'll be interesting to see if we get big enough to do a concert hall. Here. Welcome to Madison Square Garden. <laughs> it's the Raven Nerdies. <laughs> <laughs>